There it is. All right. Uh, okay, there. All right, we're hooking it up. We're hooking it up. Ladies and gents. So they're getting Jerry, uh, excuse me, Jesse Itzler, who is the, the co-owner of the Atlanta Hawks. But that's not all. He's done just about everything. Didn't he live like 30 days with the Navy SEAL or something like that? Yeah, he, gets, he trained with the Navy SEALs to, uh, he's to one write those, one book. He's one of those guys that has done everything. And he, uh, he, uh, he has a new book out called Living with Monks. Living with the Monks. Yeah, it was uh, in 2015. Living with a SEAL. 31 days training with the toughest man on the planet. Oh, my goodness. One of those guys who just, there's nothing he can't do. And he, and I mean, he's the co-owner of the Atlanta Hawks. His wife uh, invented Spanx, Kelly. Yeah, I know. It's like I don't know what Spanx is. To be honest, you're with wearing. You don't know them. what Spanx you, are. You, you, you wear Spanx. You talk about it all the time. We no Spanx is really a. It's an undergarment that keeps everything really in tight. Place yes. Oh. So girls that have maybe some ripples on their skin, if you wear Spanx, it makes you look very smooth. Do any men dress. wear Spanx? I think there is a men's yes, version actually, of it. They yeah. do have Spanx. No, I don't know if that's what they're called, but you can wear them like um, if you're going to like a wedding or whatever, and you have to wear a nice suit or tux underneath your white shirt, you would wear this to keep you in. Spunks doesn't look good. <laughs> doesn't look good, really. Hi, I'm Scott McMullen, yeah. and I'm wearing Spunks. Yeah. <laughs> no, I... Okay. All right. Puts it all in the back. I don't know about you, but I, um, I'm intrigued, and I'm a little kind of freaked out by monks. Because they're mysterious, and they have been portrayed evilly in movies. I mean, or at least in some. You know, those crazy monasteries where they put the, the brown hood over their head, you can barely see their face. they got a rope that's tied around their waist, you know, that kind of thing. It just gives me creeps. And, and don't, that doesn't even start with the whole... Uh, with the whole the, the singing and the chanting, the Gregorian you know chants and things mm-hmm. that monks did. Yeah, but that Ke- all freaks me out. Kelly says they make great beer in South. Was it South America? Where is it? No, no, Belgium. I, man. I don't know, dude. I'm not a no, beer guy. A I'm not a beer, beer guy. The Belgium, the Trappist monks. Yeah. So, Chimay, West Mall. Chimay. Je- Hi, Jesse. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good. How are you? Fine. Fine. Thank you. Welcome to New England. Jesse Itzler, the uh, co-owner of the Atlanta Hawks, also an author of a brand new book called Living with the Monks. And Jesse, we were just talking about some of the things that you've done and, and we, we honed in on the whole, the monk thing. And I, I have to admit, I'm both intrigued and a little freaked out by, by monks. <laughs> so am I. Really? I, uh, I actually, I didn't know a lot about monks uh, other than what I'd seen in movies before I went and lived on a monastery. But, uh, so I understand, There's, you know, I understand. The unknown can be scary. Why did you, like, if you were, if you were kind of freaked out by it, why did you go to, to, to spend time with them? Was it, to, I mean, was it religious reasons? Were you searching for something in faith? What made you go live with monks? No, I just, you know what? I have four kids under the age of eight. I have, you know, businesses that I run. I have, I'm married. I'm an adrenaline junkie. I love newness. And I just started to feel a little bit distracted, a little bit overwhelmed, a little bit, a lot of bit attached to my phone and just felt like I wanted to give myself an adult time out. I felt like I was really losing touch with my own intuition because I just don't spend any time alone. Yeah. <laughs> so I, uh, I said, you know, well, who would be, where would I go? I mean, where, who are the masters? Where would I learn? Like, where's the crash course? I didn't want to read a book there, you know, or listen to a podcast. I decided to uh, go and spend two weeks on a monastery for the experience. 
That's... And uh, I talked to my wife about it, and I got a, a I got a hall pass for fourteen days. <laughs> yeah. You... Now were they were they cool about accepting you? They were super cool about accepting me. And I went to the monks that I lived with were Russian Orthodox. Yeah. They weren't Buddhist. Right. And it was here in the states. They lived on five hundred acres, isolated, isolated. Eight monks, four of which have not left the um, have been there for fifty years. Wow. And wow. you know, no phone, no this, no that. And um, I went there with really no, like you said, I, I really didn't know what a monastery was. I didn't really understand the whole notion behind monks. And I went there with just, you know, wide eyes and got to just be part of that community for two weeks. I now, got- when you come back to, I'm going to call it for you know, the real world. <laughs> What did you try to, like, learn from that? Like, listen, I'm going to put my phone down. Or I'm only going to be on my phone for five or six hours a day. Is there anything that you, you know, carried over? Well, I mean, certain things as it relates to my phone. I mean, I made immediate shifts, just very easy shifts in my day-to-day life as it relates to my phone. I, you know, I didn't bring my phone to the movies. I, didn't, I don't use my phone at the dinner table. I don't use, keep my phone in my room at night, so right. I check it first thing in the morning. I mean, all those little shifts that are obvious, I did, but... Even though they're obvious, they're hard to do, and you realize that, like, the phone robs you of a lot of intimate moments underneath your own roof with your kids, with your wife, and this and that. So those little shifts, and it's funny because a lot of people ask me, you know, what I miss the most being at the monastery, And but when I got home, no one really asked me what I didn't miss. And what I realized at the monastery is a lot of the time of my day are around things that I didn't miss at all when I was at the monastery whether it was TV or whether it was my to-do list, which I put on hold. I mean, I didn't think I could possibly survive without my to-do list and crossing things off my to-do list. Right. I survived, you know, I survived with with no problem. And I realized there, and and this really happens when you spend time alone and quiet, the things that are most important in your life come to the surface. And I realized as as I get a little bit older, I just want to put as much things on my plate of, of what I love to do with the thing, with the people that I love to do them with, I want to fill my plate with as much of that going forward as I can. Damn. So I just started making really significant changes when I came home uh, around four categories very quickly: business, you know, family, wellness, and relationships slash causes. And if anything came into my life that was didn't fit one of those four buckets, I just started saying no to it. You know, I, I, this is going to sound weird. I mean, certainly we can't be compared on the level of success because <laughs> you, you outdistance me quite a bit, but you're speaking to me. This is the, I mean, you're speaking to me. The Jesse, I, I had a conversation with my wife. I'm 56 years old, had a conversation with my li- wife last week about how guys need to be alone. And I, I, I don't know if women are the same in, in that regard, but uh, at this point in my life, I need the quiet so that I can kind of recalibrate. You know what I mean? I to, to recalibrate to get out in the middle of nowhere. With me, it's with a camera and just be by myself in the quiet to sort of bring everything back into balance. Does that make sense? Well, I think the only way you can really be in tune with your own gut and intuition, and that's something I've relied on heavily in my life is to spend some time alone. I mean, we live in a world where you ask Alexa for everything, Siri, yeah. Google for answers, and, you know, you just lose your superpower, which is your instinct. 
Right. When you when you live your life, you know, surrounded by that. So I agree. The uh, the book is called Living with Monks. Uh, Jesse Isler's on the phone. That's uh, one of the co-owners of the Atlanta Hawks. Kelly Brown has a question. All right, for you. Jesse. So you know, you're a, a owner of an NBA team, very successful. Well, how, how can you? What would you recommend to the average Joe to kind of recalibrate? I think you have to just you have to reestablish your relationship with time. I think that many of us, when we think of relationships, we think of them in terms of people, but not in terms of time. And you know, once you look at your day and you, you realize, like, we spend a lot of time worrying about things that will never happen. We spend a lot of time pleasing other people. And it's really, really important to take time for yourself. And, uh, you know, it's, it's to carve out a little bit of time each day is totally doable and it sounds obvious, but we live in routines. And once you get in a routine, it becomes, routines are great, but they can be a rut. And yeah. when you're in your same routine, time goes fast. Right. When you get out of your routine, time goes slow. We yeah. could, we could call that Jesse. Slow the clock down. Yeah. We could call it a routine. I'm just throwing it out there. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, go, I'm so with it. Go with I, it. I, I, we, you know, for, for like it was, I think it was a great question that Kelly asked Jesse because you know I can't go pounding on the door of the monastery going, "Yo, I'm friends with Jesse." You know, can, can I, I hang find out? myself and find it, time? It doesn't work like that. But I, it's a, it's such a valuable lesson that I'm appreciating more and more every day. That in order to be the best, the rest of the day, you have to have. Uh, you have to be able to have that time where you kind of take everything and don't speak and don't do all the day-to-day stuff that gets in the way of the important stuff. Yep. No, for sure. For sure. And, you know, it's funny because when, when I went up to the monastery, I started immediately, like, negotiating. My goal was to stay there for 15 days. Yeah. And yeah. Um, after three days, I was like, all right, I get it. I, you know, time to go home. I miss my family. I miss my wife. What's going on in the world? Right. I had no idea what was even going on in the world. Right. But um, I realized that I was negotiating. I was giving myself an ad. I was negotiating with my goal. I was, I was allowing myself to say, oh, okay, if I only stay here for five days, that's enough. People think, like, you went five days? What's the difference between five and 15? And once I said to myself, you know what? My goal is 15 days, and there's no negotiating that which is true of any goal, mm-hmm. don't give yourself an out. Yeah. Once I said I'm here for 15 and I was committed mentally and I settled into the routine, that's where a lot of the nuggets came. And I okay. realized a lot of places in my life, even with my kids, hey, you don't like camp this week? Okay, no problem. Go, go for a day. If you don't like it, you don't have to go again. It's giving them an out. It's setting them up for failure. Right, right. And at the – yeah, so – you know, one of the big takeaways for me wasn't even about, like, being alone, being quiet. It was about my own personal goals. Mm-hmm. And it was about, like, not giving myself any any outs or negotiating my goals in my head. Mm-hmm. It was about, like, you know, sticking it through and, and, and seeing through the, the end of the movie. Last question, Jesse, uh, because I know we're on, on a bit of a time limit. You spend this time with the monks, living with monks, but your, your other book was Living with the Seal, 13, 31 Days of Training with the Toughest Man on the Planet. What are the commonalities? Were there any? Oh, my gosh. Um, the commonality for me was, was I learned best through experience. And the commonality was this: these are both two experiences that go on my life resume, not my work resume, okay. but my life resume. And that's what I'm focused on building. You know, putting as many experiences, as many memories and moments and learning through these experiences as I can. Mm -hmm. And the commonality was getting out of my routine and trying things different to make my life better. There you go. 
All right, awesome. Uh, Jesse, great to talk to you, man. Thank you so much for the, uh, for the perspective. The new book is called Living with the Monks. Jesse, it's great to talk to you. Thanks for spending some time with us this morning, man. Appreciate you guys. All the best to you. Thanks, Jesse. Yeah, he's just one of those guys. You know, yeah. That's an interesting so, message. Like, jealous? Jealous and just how do they... Everything that they touch Money talks, baby. Money talks. BS but walks. I don't think he started with money. So he first started with finding this one business, well, and then from there, they... I, I don't know if he started with money. No. Are you telling me he started with no, money? I don't know not. the answer to that. You uh, know. I read his... It's weird, though, because... Uh, I, I mean, I started things. They didn't take off. I had the Luigi board. Do you... <laughs> I also have the Tom Byron soap dispenser. Yeah. All things that The just, whole squirt dispenser was his idea. Yeah. He just didn't he didn't market it right. Well, no. I mean, I yeah. thought with having Tom, you know, in mm. the camp and everything was going to take off my Luigi board. I figured it would talk to you in a Luigi type voice. Do you do <laughs> started you, as a rapper and you, then that's where it took off. Uh, do you need time alone? Like alone with no like alone time? Why? <laughs> I'm asking no, you. not like oh. right now. <laughs> He's like, what, what, do do I? I mean, what like, did I do wrong? <laughs> no, do you, like, do you need My mother it? would say that. Do you need a few minutes to pull yourself together? No. Like, what do you mean? Like, no. He just I, thought he was, like, oh, I was all freaked out. Do, do you find... And, oh, uh, yes. Yes. Right? Yes. Kelly? Time, just you? Yeah. Sure. And, and, and why is it that some women think that is... Oh, my God. Oh, my God. No, Are you not going to go see, pick up the kids? Uh, well, no, wait a minute. It's, I t- I have alone time, and okay. I need alone time. I know, but you're you're not a in any category, a typical woman. Yeah, you're you're, you're not. You're, you're special because you know most women would be like like Greg just said. You got out early today, so you picked the kids up early, right? You, how come you don't want to hang out with no. me? No, no. Well, <sighs> I, I mean, we have a chance to go do something. I really don't want to go. Well, what about just spending time with me? Well, that's nice, but what you're doing, I don't want to do. That doesn't sound interesting to me. This part of the the great crevasse between women and men and then and and women don't understand why we want to be alone men don't understand how you don't want to be alone sometimes no i like i like to be alone mm-hmm. i yeah I but like you never me. are very rarely that's why you're enjoying well, the running thing right you're not really alone well, yeah, I'm, I'm the voices in your head. I mean, tell you what to do. I'm right? alone. You're, you're no, having I'm a, a constant conversation with somebody at, uh, on any given no, moment. No, I'm alone before I pick the kids up at school okay. and stuff. Okay, and but I'm, see, you know, and I, I think like some women do like it, but they don't mm. understand. Well, I mean, mm. what are you going to do for that day? But I don't pick up oh, the I don't, kids. No, but I bet I can keep myself alive. You guys made fun. I of don't me. pick up the kids. Like your wife and I had this conversation when she was like, "Oh, well, you're going to get out early. Go pick up your kids." And I said, "No, I'm paying for them to be in daycare. Yeah, I agree. They with cost that. a lot I'm of money. They're going to hundred percent. I'm with you. Use that money. <laughs> uh, don't try to make me feel guilty I, about it. I, uh, you guys gave me crap last year when I said I'm going to go away for a few days. You know, well, on guess, my own. But now it, it's, I didn't, buddy. When, when you and Val, it's it's now the two of you should be reconnecting. What when you what do you, mean? you think we weren't they connected? Together. Or, yeah. Well, we're, we're connected. You can live together and still need to reconnect. We yes, that's true. Yep. But so we have about their own relationship. We were never really not connected and reconnected. We we are connecting, <laughs> so, but I I just want you to know that I'm doing it again, <laughs> just so you know, okay. Since uh, I'm not the one you need to explain since, it. To. Since when my life is, you know, apparently open an open book here on the show, and 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 up to the criticism in the studio, I'm just telling you, get ready, it's going to happen again. I'm doing it again. Can't wait. <laughs> How long? I don't know yet. 
Do you want me to look into it? Did you get any no, type of I don't want did you, you get to look any type anything. of response like, you know, like No, she was totally cool. That, are, she was totally doing, cool with it. We are doing a vacation this year. It's going to be me, Amy, and the girls and we're going with my family, you know, and going on vacation. Then we still have one more week and I'm like kind of thinking about planning something because the yeah. girls are like, "Well, it's going to be too close for us to going back to school, you know, there's things that we want to do." And I'm like, "Awesome. Well, I might do something." Yeah. Well, why would you want to go do something alone? But you want me to start? <laughs> Let's grab the whiteboard. I'll wipe the, uh, the I'll wipe the next song that the band was working to, on. Yeah. I mean, how much time do I have to put together a list? I'll whiteboard that thing. I mean, are we talking 10 yeah. things or 20? Oh, yeah. I don't know. You know. Let's get in the car and go. I will say, at the end of the two and a half, three days, which was nothing, right? I was looking forward to getting home. You know, so it, it's good. That's what it's, it's kind it's, of designed to do, too. Yeah, That's part of the other benefit. Or it yeah. makes you realize, you know what? I don't want to ever go home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah oh. Just keep going. But honestly, yeah. the stuff I left behind, I can replace it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. There you go. <laughs> we'll be right back. We'll be right back. Stop copying me.